0: Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of the Torn Think Tank. I am your host, Rem, and my lovely co-host,
1: Jules. Hi, Jules. How are you?
0: I am wonderful. How are you today?
1: I'm really good. I'm excited. This is our first episode.
0: It sure is, and it took a lot to get here, but here we are, so let's not screw it up.
1: Okay, fine. We won't screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) So before
0: we get started, Jules. Yes. Who are you? Who am I? who are you
1: okay (laughs) well hi everybody i'm jules um and i have been playing world of warcraft for six years now i think i've been a little bit longer than rem um and uh my typical (laughs) day in world of warcraft is logging in and saying hi to my guildies and uh rating 10 man rating has been pretty much my life for the last four years um and uh, I play healer. I play a tauren druid. Um, for many years, I was a night elf druid. And so sometimes finding uh, myself looking at a tauren back instead of a night elf back is a little strange. We've, uh, we'll have we talk a little bit about that too, Rem. Our, our uh, recent two-month-go transfer and uh, race change, mm-hmm. faction change. Um, so my... My role here is to be um, expertise on healing, and uh, I'm a guild officer, just like Rem as well. And uh, we've been with the same guild for over four years, um, with the same people, core people. And uh, I'm just excited to be able to be here to help with questions um, that people have about the World of Warcraft.
0: Jules will put her psych degree to use, and I will put my one psych class to use. Yes. Uh, my name is Rem. I am known as Remgar and Wyrmrest Accord server U.S. Uh, I have been playing since uh, December of 07 is when I made my first character. A, uh, It was a rogue, a human rogue. And uh, then one day, a Death Knight popped on my screen and I fell in love. I've been playing a Death Knight ever since. Um, I am also a guild officer like Jules. I am also the raid leader of that 10-man raid team she spoke of. And we've been playing together for a long time. Uh, we hope we can together a show here and that will help you with your problems any drama you might have or any interpersonal things going on in your lives you know there's a lot of podcasts out there talking about what the game is we want to talk about what the player is
1: mm-hmm. absolutely uh, I think there's something out there that we can offer um, we've had that chance to work through um, many different kinds of guild drama and different scenarios that you can come across when you're inside a guild and working with other people. And there's not a lot of um, advice out there for players who might be going through something and not knowing where to turn. So that's what we hope to be is that advice column, Um, two different perspectives, you know, male and female perspective can sometimes come into this too, because if you are ever on the game, especially as a female, you're always told girls don't play well. So do. I'm here to prove that they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what our show is going to be about, though, is the interpersonal side. Anything from raid, anything from PVP to guild to interpersonal. This is an MMO. If there are players that you work with and play with every day, hopefully it's not that much fun this in this kind of scenario to play by yourself. So we are here to help. And that's what we would like to do.
0: Most definitely, and we're definitely not leadists of any kind. No. We will never, ever insult you. Uh, we're hoping to provide a, a help that you can't get on a forum where you have to be uh, wary of what kind of troll is going to respond to your post. Mm-hmm. So our show is about you, and it doesn't work without you. So having your emails and your tweets asking us questions is, is what will get us going and what will keep us in business.
1: Exactly. We should also, too, mention, Rem, that both of us are – um, we both have families. We both have um, spouses and children. And so there's also a large portion of working with an MMO that balances your in-game life with your outside game life and what how much time you get to spend playing and how to balance all of that. And I think a lot of people out there also deal with that and that struggle that can come sometimes occur um, when you receive child aggro or spouse aggro and that kind of thing so that's something that we both come from a place of understanding and uh so if you're out there and you have um some questions about the balance between real life and in game that's what we're here to do too
0: and while Jules can tell you about a supportive family I can explain and tell you a lot more about an unsupportive family
1: (laughs) (laughs) well what he means by that is that my husband also plays with me he is in the guild he is an officer with us Um, And that is something that is interesting in a way, too, um, when you're playing side-by-side, literally side-by-side with your spouse versus REM scenario, which is a little different, right?
0: It's very different. It's it's sometimes a look of disgust. (laughs) It's not all that bad. Uh, It's a little bit of understanding, but it's definitely not, uh, um, not as nice as what you have going on there.
1: Well, and that's something that we will definitely get into as we talk about some of our questions. Um, but we're looking forward to sharing our, our ourselves in this scenario, too, um, and letting you guys know what it's like for us every day um, in our lives and what we do and how we know each other and and uh, who we get to work with every day. Um, right. We're going to talk about our, our email address, right? Yeah.
0: There's a couple of ways to contact us. Yeah. Um, we're both on Twitter and we both have email. Jules, what are those?
1: Our email address to send us questions is pretty easy. Questions at TorinThinkTank.com. Torin Tauren Think Tank, all one word together. Um, our Twitter account, um, the one that I am on, is uh, at Torin And um, Rem is at Remgar, which is R-E-M-G-H-A-R. We are both um, actively checking our emails and our Twitter accounts to make sure that we respond and get some uh, information back to you. If you get us a question or you have some feedback about the show, you certainly can use those as well. And we're really excited to get your feedback about our first episode and the ones to come.
0: Feedback is important and we crave it.
1: I know. Well, it's kind of strange when you're sitting in a room, you know, I'm sitting in Wisconsin, and Rem is sitting in uh, Connecticut. <laughs> we're by ourselves. We're literally talking to each other, but
0: strange—we're a thousand miles apart, <laughs> facing exactly the same way.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you know, we're actually going to get a chance to meet each other for the first time this July. July Fourth. July Fourth weekend. Actually, the July Fourth the day. The day. I know. It's exciting. Will... How long have we known each other now? Has it been three years?
0: um let's go back it's 09 it was 09 when i first joined in your guild yes
1: gosh it's been so long so yeah this is also something that uh, we're looking forward to coming up and talking about on the podcast is the dynamic of talking to each other and seeing pictures of each other sending text messages and facebook messages and instant messages but never seeing the expression on the other person's face when they're actually speaking to you
0: I think it's a study in friendship, actually, how some people can become friends having never met each other in real life.
1: I know, I know, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that are like us, and um, they get to know each other from just the voice, from the chat, from the text, and uh, you just—it's it, a, a part of life that I, I love. It's it, for me, it's very fascinating to see friendships form for people that you've never physically stood in the same space
0: it says a lot about the game too and and what we do in this MMO you know you're playing with thousands millions of people from all over the world mm-hmm. and you become very close to them
1: absolutely and there's
0: a lot of people who just don't understand how that actually works unless you're actually involved and and you're part of it
1: yeah i i love the fact when people when you tell people um what you do in the evenings after you're done with your day job and Talk about how you're going online and you're meeting up with nine of your good friends. We're killing dragons. And we're (laughs) killing dragons. And, uh, well, you know, how do you know these friends? Well, I met them in the game. And uh, you mean you've never met them? You've never had a beer with them? You've never um, cooked dinner or went out to dinner with them? Um, No.
0: But we've had ale and a pony (laughs)
1: Yes. And I think, you know, we have shared some amazing experiences that I, I don't i mean i couldn't say that i would have the same experiences with people who are you know real life friends that i go out with i mean it's a, it's a different scenario but i would count some of my closest friends to be in world of warcraft
0: most definitely
1: mm-hmm. so, so after that tangent
0: <laughs> no that's what we're about here
1: we're about, it is, uh, it is what we're about and who we are the player the player itself. And, you know, we have two players here that really do care about making other players' experiences important and um, and fulfilling, you know, if you're, if you're in a situation that you don't want to be in, man, that does not give you anything to look forward to at the end of the day or when you get a chance on the weekend to play. So let's fix that. Okay, Rem?
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm all about fixing things. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: <laughs> so, Jules, how was
1: your week? Oh, my goodness. Well... We had uh, we had a raid yesterday and uh, you and I can talk about the fun that we had yesterday with our 10 man raid. but for me personally, I am on a very um, lengthy quest to get the vial of the sands uh, recipe for my druid. I just and I'm not a collector. I, I'm one of those people that is I think one of the rarer ones. I don't do achievements. I don't really care about the big events. I don't collect pets. I don't collect mounts. I don't collect armor sets. I just like to play my characters and interact with my friends. But for some reason, I've been bitten by this bug to have the Vial of Sands recipe and to make it. So I took my druid after we transferred, um, and I started to level archaeology from one <sighs> I know. And oh my gosh! I know, and I <laughs> the guildies all made fun of me, and the, you know, get all these achievements, and it say you know, Grand Master in archaeology, and people are like Jules, what are you doing? Why are you oh. doing this now? Fifty but, points, and I quit. Oh, I know. I I did it once on a on an alt, and I was like, okay, I just I need to do this again. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so compelled to do this, but I have been so. I don't know. It's like an, I I have actually limited myself so that I will not roll an alt, play an alt, do anything until I do this, besides, except for logging into Raid. I don't know what's wrong with me. I am like – I think I must have been dropped on my head sometime recently. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what my week has been pretty much. When I have a free moment, I log in, hit a couple of archaeology notes, pray that I might get a Tolvier one in Oldham. And uh, then I growl and spit and yell when I get a canopic jar that has nothing in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been what I've been doing this week.
0: Well I'll tell you what, uh, I will not level archaeology any further past the 50 points I have. Okay. And if somebody is on my server and wants to buy me a vial of the Santa Mount, you can.
1: Well, I, I already promised you that I would make it for you, but you know, you're know you going to have to help me with the mats because I I made a money.
0: Um, <laughs> I we can work through
1: on all this work to trust <laughs> me dude you got to help me out. <laughs> so yeah, I mean I'm really kind of doing it for um for for my guildies and of course for um my husband whose character's name is Arcane. Um he uh Kane for short, we typically call him Kane. Um he has already told me that uh, I am farming this for him even though I have never said that I was doing it for him <laughs> so you know I, I have a feeling he's going to be the first uh the first one to benefit from this <laughs> you know we've we
0: found enough for him how many weeks do we spend in firelands for that legendary
1: oh my goodness well we can talk about that too cuz that kind yeah. of done <laughs> this week huh
0: yeah we have uh, we have two legendaries now
1: we do we uh, we we worked so darn hard for getting Kane the legendary staff, and uh, he's had it for what probably about a month and a half, two months. Oh, it was before we transferred. Right. Yeah, it was so so it, long, over two months. It's
0: the end of March. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and it uh, our our producer fit. He is uh, a troll rogue, of course, on our series, on our raid team. Doug. Um. He just received his legendary daggers this week.
1: Hooray!
0: And I tell you what, it did not seem like such a grind as it was with Kane's Staff Absolutely. out of Firelands. <laughs> that Firelands gr- grind was horrible.
1: Well, and we should we should also mention too that we've we were basically going through Firelands after everything was everybody had anything that they could possibly get out of it. We were bringing alts through. It was just literally planning a night to raid. So that Kane could get his, um, his necessary materials every week. And it took us six months.
0: But you know what? The whole team was committed to it. They and that's what, what made it even more epic was that everybody nobody complained. No. Not once did anybody complain about doing it. Maybe you did.
1: I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my husband. I could complain. <laughs> I don't want to go to Firelands again.
0: And when we finished that, that was probably one of the best feelings I've had in the game.
1: It was, you know, and it got a little bumpy in there too, Um, you know, and we haven't really gone into a lot about our raid team at this point, but one of the things that's plagued our guild for the longest time is that we've had a 10-man raid team going in this guild since Karazhan, Um, but it has been a revolving door of sorts. Um, so many days, so many years that has been going on. And this has been through Wrath of the Lich King. It's been through now in Cataclysm where we think we might have established people. And then someone needs to quit. Someone drops from the game. They just, whatever happens. And we've been constantly looking for other members to fill the slots that are open. And uh, it kind of happened during, again, during Firelands when we were trying to get Kane, his staff and he would come to me and be like, I don't think I'm ever going to get this thing. We're not going to have a team to do this.
0: I remember those days.
1: Ugh. And, it, you know, we're very lucky right now that we actually managed to establish a raid team that is solid, reliable, for the most part, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and very capable. And it's really – it happened – Right before we had made the decision to server and faction transfer, um, which was ironic (laughs) that we got this team. Um, But we should probably talk a little bit about that, too, because we haven't really delved into that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, um, it establishes our street cred so to speak we've been through the ups and downs of of running a raid team and uh, everything that goes along with it you know we, the raid team as a whole made a decision you know during firelands that they wanted to be more we were only raiding once once a week we were and um they, they all came together and made a decision they wanted to do more they wanted to raid more and clear the place and so we moved to two nights um, and we just started really taking it seriously. We started capping out valor every week, upgrading our gear as much as we could, um, researching the fights, knowing what you got to do at every point along the way, mm-hmm. being in the right place at the right time, and it all came together. And we got a group of like-minded people mm-hmm. who all want to be successful. I want to be pro- pro- uh, to progress in
1: the game. Mm-hmm. And right now we're sitting three of eight heroic in Dragon Soul, which is is pretty darn impressive considering that we have traditionally been way behind progression content and just satisfied in actually just clearing it. Um, You know, getting into um, when we were going into even ICC, I remember, you know, it it had already been cleared and and nerfed and all of that by the time we actually even set foot in there. And it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty validating at this point that we have cleared Dragon Soul before any of the nerfs came in um, for regular, now we've been attempting those heroics on with a nerf in there, but it's uh, it, it's still very validating to come from where we were, from a rotating door, <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs>
1: revolving door of raiders, to a solid team who is like minded, like you said, and uh, so we've been through those ups and downs, and uh, I think it's pretty darn impressive to say that as a guild when we decided as a guild to do our transfer from server and from factions that our entire 10 man raid team came together.
0: That was amazing.
1: I didn't expect it. I was expecting that we would need to just kind of, you know, say, thank you very much. But every single one of them said, Nope, I love raiding with you guys. And this is where I want to stay.
0: And, and having that commitment. As a raid leader, just just warms your heart so much. I know to, to know these nine people are there with you every step of the way. And they love and, you. and they love you. And and they believe in the team so much that they're willing to transfer uh, factions and servers yeah. and leave behind alts, maxed alts, max professions, and and goals they couldn't transfer with them just to come raid with us. So it's it's a it's a really wonderful wonderful feeling to have. Um. But um, I wanted to tell you something. What? We play on Wormrest Accord, which is a heavy RP server. And before we started recording, I had popped in. And I had one of the most epic RP sessions ever. And I'm not an RPer. Are
1: so you RP? Are you kidding?
0: I, I, when I logged out last night, I logged out in Dark Moon Isle in one of the um, animal cage pens. So I zoned in. Just a little bit ago.
1: I, I'm I'm still speechless. Not that you know. I, I just I've never known you to RP ever.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> let me finish the story because this okay. is great. Okay. So I look around and I I see um when when the alliance talks you can't read what they're saying because we're horde. Um, but there's there's there's, three, there's two alliance players in RP clothes and uh, they gasp at me and one of them slash pets me. So oh of course I play a torrent. So. <laughs> I immediately remove all of my gear, and I slash moo. And then I slash moo with the guy, and then I slash moo with the lady. And then I slash moo with the guy, and then I slash moo with the lady. (laughs) And they're saying some nonsense to each other, and and this drain eye comes over, and everyone starts looking at me. They're all lions, and I'm slash mooing to them all. And then the gentleman gets close to me, so I slash growl. He backs up, and the first female starts running away. Oh, she's not running away from this gal.
1: Uh-oh.
0: So I proceed to follow her slash mooing every chance I get.
1: <laughs> We're going to get angry emails from our peers. Now.
0: <laughs> our peers, I love you. I've had uh, plenty of, of experience in RP that Jules doesn't know about, um, but this was probably the most fun I've ever had. And I would like to thank those two players uh, for allowing me that joy. <laughs>
1: That is awesome. I love it. That is really funny. But, you know, <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I was an RPer for many, many years. Um, I've since kind of uh, stepped away from it, but uh, we have a lot of RPers in our guild. And, and uh, it's, it is an art um, to watch the stories come together. So um, so Rem, with his um, unspoken RP experience, and I can say I've got some too, you know, RPers, we love you. Please don't hesitate to ask us questions.
0: <laughs> hey, the best RP is spontaneous RP.
1: Absolutely. You know, yeah. and when you can come out and move at someone and take your clothes off.
0: <laughs> and that they went along with it is the best part.
1: It's, that's perfect. and I, that, I That's think a that's
0: testament perfect. to their skills as role players.
1: <laughs> I love that story very much. I'm glad you do. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so we had a little tough night last night with our raid. And, um, we had We had one absence. And we had a second absence that uh, was reported to me five minutes after raid started. Yeah. Um, so we decided to, at uh, first we decided to 9 minute it, taking one pug from the guild. And then we had another one come on, so we took two pugs. And you know what? I'm actually as frustrating, as frustrated as I was at the beginning of the raid. And you know I was frustrated because yes, I, I expressed it to frustrated.
1: you. I know you were frustrated.
0: I was actually pretty proud of that raid. And I'll tell you why. It's because we took two new players to the guild. Uh, from the guild.
1: Yeah, they were actually uh, one, just one had just been invited um, that day.
0: Yes, and and one of them had never been through Dragon Soul on normal, just done it on LFR. Mm-hmm. And we took them through all bosses, got them the loot they needed. They followed directions. One of them died a couple of times. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we still made it through. Um, we brought uh, some. We allowed allowed one of our tanks to come on an alt. So I tanked for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And his undergeared alt did 14k on all <laughs> <laughs> I died on Altraxian because oh I had no sound last night. And we had another DPS yeah. die on ultraxian. Thank you, 20% nerf.
1: Uh-huh.
0: As we still killed us. <laughs> <laughs> I uh
1: I felt for you on that ultraxian fight with no sound because you know, when I'm starting to get a little fuzzy in the evening and my uh, my brain is starting to relax a little bit and I hear that five, four, three, two, one from DBM. It's yeah, just what wakes me up to go? Oh, hit that button! You,
0: you become so reliant on it, and you then do. and watching these timers because you get the timer, the countdown till the countdown, you know. So that's what killed me. I clicked on the countdown to the countdown instead of the countdown. Oh no! So I, I got blown up by um by fading light.
1: And was... uh, all we could hear on Mumble was uh, expletive, expletive, absolute dead.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, and sorry guys.
1: Sorry guys.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I, I logged on last night and I was talking to one of our raiders, and then all of a sudden the game sound went out and I couldn't figure out what happened. I restarted, I relogged, restarted, relogged, turned off mumble, turned on mumble. I had absolutely no game sound. <laughs> it wasn't until I was talking with um, with our producer Fit today, and I opened up my sound mixer, and I don't know what happened, but the sound mixer for the game for a bunch of applications actually was on zero.
1: <laughs> you must have hit something
0: because one of these crazy programs i was downloading trying to get this podcast together
1: i know and it, it could have been but man the grumpiness that was coming out of you last night about your sound i i felt so bad for you and I, it was like okay i understand you have no sound and i'm telling him put on some music yeah, flip I on did. itunes something i turned <laughs>
0: on cataclysm soundtrack
1: <laughs> you played the cataclysm soundtrack I did. so you know it, it, that that alone i do not know how people can play without sound with this oh. game I, I don't because it's such especially when you raid i mean obviously dbm gives you a lot of audio cues but just the music and all of that too it's, it's no <laughs> for the longest time i
0: played without music um because what? i was before i joined our guild now i was in another guild where we were constantly on vent at the time talking to each other so you know I wasn't smart enough to realize turn the sound down a little bit turn vent up so I just turned the music down completely and then I I heard our guild master one day talking about how beautiful the music in Grizzly Hills was yeah I said oh I should check it out I haven't turned it down since so the the sound having having sound and the music adds so much more to the game
1: well, I, I, actually, um, I actually read something this week. Um, I think it was on MMO champion from some of the blue posts and someone made a, um, a, a comment to say how the music sucks in world of Warcraft. And I just about died inside cause I'm sorry, but Russell Brower, who is the composer for all of the music in world of Warcraft is a genius. Oh, sure. And I can't, I can't believe that someone would say that his music is that the music sucks it just it broke my heart because i mean that music is i will sometimes just sit there and listen to the soundtrack by itself even when when i'm not in the game and yeah i'm a big nerd whatever but just people make me sad
0: well and that's that's why we're doing this show because you know if you're sad because somebody complained about the music come to us and this is actually a great segue to our next make topic. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. we got we we got some news coming out of the out of the beta. Yeah. Um have you heard any of the MOP music yet?
1: You know, I've heard a little bit. Um
0: I haven't heard much of it myself, but what I have heard was fantastic. Oh,
1: no. Well, and again, Russell Brower, genius. Um, he just does so much research into different um, genres of music, different ways to, to produce that music with different instruments, the things he's never done before. Um, I heard an interview with him probably about uh, five, six months ago, and he was working on the mist of Pandaria music at the time. And it's just uh, the, ma- the way that man – has his brain working gives me chills um he's so amazing and i i cannot wait it's the one thing for every expansion i don't know if you do this too but every expansion i can't wait for the loading screen music and what they're going to do to that theme
0: you're that's i do the same thing
1: and when it comes out i listen to it on youtube and i'm going (laughs) that is that music and there's that music and that you know see if you can tell where they're from oh i love it
0: I am so jealous of people with musical talent. I have so much music in my head. I once played the trumpet when I was in school. Did really? That's the extent of my musical talent. Is the trumpet 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but I, mean, I form I put together so much music in my head. I have no way of getting out. So I find people that in, in my real life who who are, have talent musically. And so I try to to convey to them what I'm what I'm hearing, and nobody ever understands me, and they look at me like I'm crazy. So what he's able to do is is something that is brilliant, and I am incredibly envious of. Isn't his Twitter handle like horde for life or something?
1: It's horde at horde land. Yep. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't tweet very much. I follow him on Twitter on my personal account, and uh, I, he doesn't tweet very much, but sometimes he does. And uh, he has, you know, he's a very s- kind of singly singularly spoken man. But he has a lot to say when he's, when his music comes to play. And, uh, you know, it, Russell, if you ever do listen to this podcast at any point in the time that we're doing this, I love you and I would love to talk to you personally one day. Please <laughs> Just getting resisted. that out there. <laughs> you know, guys, if you want to help me, uh, help me fulfill my dream of speaking to Russell Brower personally, any, time, I'm down with it.
0: Get on that audience. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any of the panda dances?
1: I did. I saw it this morning. What did you think?
0: I loved them. I love everything panda. I'm not going to lie. You... Everything panda is fantastic.
1: I do too.
0: <laughs> the dances are great. We, we saw some, uh, some comments on our guild forums about yeah. some people not liking the female dance. I don't see what the problem is. They're little Asian-inspired pandas doing an Asian-inspired dance. Yeah. A dance I've never heard of. But I didn't I hear of it adorable. either.
1: But... I don't know I saw it this morning and I looked at our guild forums and people were posting on you know with their head desk and face palm and all that stuff and I'm like what <laughs> they're cute it's just the dancing I mean the dance is very important it's an important part of the game but it's not the most important thing in the game so if it's cute and you like it woo!
0: I'll tell you the female panda in my opinion can do absolutely no wrong I know I love the female panda
1: I all I need is a red panda tail and I'm happy
0: <laughs> oh, that's it and that, you know i may just change mains
1: you know i i that's one other thing <laughs> i'm wondering what's going to happen when when pandaria comes out for us um i know i'm you know i i'm a healer for life i have played all four healing healing classes um i've picked my favorite which is the druid but i have had um all in all different ones i've played a paladin for a very long time so when i heard that they were putting out the monk class and you could heal i think i about fell over actually Going back to that, remember when this happened, Ram and you and uh, and Kane were listening to the um, the BlizzCon uh, lives the live stream of this going on. I this is so funny. I was sitting at a restaurant with my two bosses at work. We were wow. having a lunch meeting and I'm getting a series of text messages from Kane and Rem, both telling me the same kinds of things in like succession and my phone is going berserk. <laughs> I'm sitting in this lunch meeting trying to peek at my phone to see what they're saying and then did talk about monk and I'm like ah! and then sorry guys, I'm in a lunch meeting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that was that was a, a very opportune day. I happened to be off. We yeah. just got Directv, so Directv was showing the first couple hours of BlizzCon on the Audience Channel they were promoting, uh-huh. and I had it on. It's whoa, this is cool.
1: That was awesome, so, though. I I I don't think I laughed as hard as I did any time when it came when a uh, expansion was announced than I did with that BlizzCon and you and Kane giving me all that information and being so excited about it. <laughs> I loved it. It was the best. It was so awesome. Um, but knowing that there's a monk out there and knowing that there's another healing class out there, I am just like I have beta access and I still I'm like, I don't know if I want to play it. I don't want to spoil it for myself. But I don't know. I might be paying playing a Panda Monk in our raids in the future. I don't know.
0: Didn't you roll a hunter so you could heal your pet?
1: Oh shut up.
0: <laughs> That's not true.
1: No. <laughs> You, you've been talking to Kane. <laughs> um,
0: so that's yeah,
1: a joke. I did roll a hunter, and I did play her till eighty-five. She was healed uh,
0: the hell out of your pet. No. No.
1: <laughs> no. I, I. don't know. I mean, you guys and your DPS and your tanking. You know, I get more enjoyment about watching green bars and making sure people stay alive. I don't. I don't want to look at meters and say, I was at twenty-four K and blah blah blah. So, no, <laughs> it's <just> not me.
0: <laughs> uh, I also would like to point out at this time that uh, before Mr. Pandaria was announced, I correctly predicted neutral pandas.
1: Oh, that's right, you did.
0: Thank you. Yes. I was, I was ridiculed.
1: Yes, you were. But that uh, was right. I know. Well, that's the thing, you know, everybody gets set in their ways of things that they think are going to be, oh, Blizzard would never do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they will.
0: Speaking of Blizzard never doing that, have you seen the picture of the mage riding riding the uh, the paladin mount?
1: I saw that, and I I don't know. I I've read the most recent blog that was put out by Ghostcrawler talking about the account wide achievements. Um, it's a little I don't know how much he went into the mounts and then I'm trying to remember because I read it yesterday and it was early. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's something that's meant to stay in the game, or if I
0: don't think so. I think that's something that's going to be fixed. They just they rolled it out so people can start testing it now, I would imagine. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's just. I, I I think I was talking with uh, with your husband about this, and he told me, "Oh, what's the big deal?" But I, I know it's not game breaking. It's not even really lore breaking because it's all set in this crazy world but um it's just weird so i do kind of hope that they restrict uh like class specific mounts from being shared but that's just me i mean i i would i don't think i would feel right with my little goblin uh my goblin hunter riding on my my death charter <laughs> i
1: i guess i i don't think i have a strong opinion on it because you know if you're allowing people to share their mounts and you decide to roll a warlock and you get your your uh charger that way Mm, i don't know it's it's really it really depends on you know if if it's a class specific mount i'm not as upset by it i know that they did talk about how they're not going to allow it to be cross-faction which i think is smart Mm -hmm. um you know it's just something that you got to keep the faction separate somehow so
0: well pretty soon everybody be neutral
1: (laughs) no no sir there's a big war remember
0: so let's get into what this show is really about. This is the uh, torn think tank because we're both torn. Though I miss my Draenei terribly. I know. I'm sorry, Horde players. I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into that think tank, Jules. Okay.
1: Um, so what we did is for our first show, we did get a couple of questions, um, and we also went and found some questions from the wow forums, um, to talk about and get us, uh, get us going in our discussion. So, you know, help us out going forward and give us your questions so that you can hear the instant gratification of getting your question answered on a podcast. Yay. Yay. Okay. Here's our first question that we pulled. Um, this is regarding rating and guild leadership. I am the raid leader for a small semi-serious guild on a small realm. Our realm is pretty devoid of deep veins of talent, so we have to make do with what we have. One of our healers is also the GM of our guild. While we were progressing on our fifth heroic kill, Zana is right before the first nerf went out. He took a week off. He said he was on the verge of burnout and needed to see if it would be better. Thus, we missed a week of progression and the nerf hit the next week. So we missed out on a kill that we could have easily should, should have gotten. Fast forward to now, and he's our worst underperformer. Tonight was farm night, and we easily destroyed the first six bosses, but we got to spine, and it was just a nightmare. Our GM was steadily pushing about 12 k heals per second, and 85% of wipes were due to the debuff not being cleared in time. Oof. Ouchie. The bottom line is I want to kick the GM off the raid team. He has had numerous chances to get his performance up, but he just doesn't. For example, on Madness last week, he, as a druid, obviously used one swift mend. One. A single, lonely swift mend. Other things are there, too, like lifebloom uptime. Individual issues don't issues don't matter. What matters is he needs to be gone But since he's the GM, I am incredibly hesitant, which brings me to the crux of my wall of text. How exactly do you kick the GM from the raid team without having him go ballistic and kick every one of us or some other such use of his power, such as the the GM? That didn't make sense. Or some other such use of his powers as GM. I respect the guy. He does a good job running the guild and he built it from nothing. But it's come to the point where he's not cutting it. Yeah, that's tough.
0: Well, this is something that we'll, I will I will I will harp on. Okay. Every show we do is communication. You need to talk to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You need to find out what's going on. Um, does Does he not want to raid anymore, but he's afraid to say because he doesn't have a replacement? Or is he just bored? Um, it sounds like he doesn't want to raid. It sounds like he doesn't want to be there, and he's just mm-hmm. kind of putting his work in because he might not have a replacement. As he said, he'd avoid a talent. Um but you got to do what's best for the team. Um, communication is very, very important to a raid team. Yeah. And the team is more important than one of the individuals in it. So if you need to get rid of your underperformer, it, it needs to be taken care of whether he's a GM or not. And hopefully as a GM you know, who seems like he doesn't want to be there anyways, he'll understand and do what's best for the team.
1: Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, you're, you're talking about someone who is the leader of the guild and is rating and it clearly is getting to the end of burnout phase or has reached it you know if he's taking a week off cuz he wanted to see if his burnout would get better he's already there so but uh, honestly you're absolutely right i mean he's he's actually trying to see if he can get better he's trying to see if his burnout's going to fade out but instead of he's he's quit but he hasn't left if yep. if his team is failing because his underperformance is affecting their their progression, he's causing them more problems than he would if he left.
0: And, and it, it needs to be addressed whether he's the GM or not.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. And it the the most important thing in this, you know, he's afraid that this guy is going to kick the entire raid team from the guild. And that's that makes me concerned a little bit. You know, why did the, Why does the raid leader feel like that? Is he is this guy kind of a dictator style leader where he's just like it's my way or the highway, or is it a little bit more of a feeling like you know what he doesn't communicate at all, so we don't know how he's going to react, and I'm taking the worst case scenario here.
0: Now we don't have um, the information of whether the raid leader is also an officer. Um, if the yeah. raid leader is not an officer, he might have a little trepidation going to talk to the GM about that. Um, but he can't, if he's the raid leader, he's got to think of the team first. Mm-hmm. And if the GM's going to kick everybody on the team, well, you go take your team and you form a new guild. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be a part of that, that guild anyways, the GM is that out of control. It doesn't sound like it though. It sounds like if you just talk to the GM, had a little meeting, see where his mind was at, what he wanted to do. I think they could solve this pretty easily without much blood being shed.
1: Yeah. It almost seems like there's be, there's more concern here than there needs to be. Um, The simple, again, communication is something that is, um, is going to probably fix about 99% of these problems. And if, you know, if somebody comes at it from kind of a direction of positivity too, the raid leader comes in and says, you know, Hey man, what's going on? You know, you don't seem like you're really into this anymore. And I'm concerned because your healing numbers aren't what they used to be. And, you know, are you, are you losing interest? Are you ready to kind of quit? Because it's okay if you feel that way. Um, but a lot of times, it, it, it's so easy for people to come at it to say, "Dude, you suck. Why are you sucking so bad?"
0: Yeah, I would uh, watch your tone <laughs> when talking with anybody, especially oh, your GM. You know, yes. come at it from from a reasonable point of view. Um, never be, never make accusations. Never tell somebody they suck outright. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just you have to be reasonable about it. Reasonable, be open. And just communicate and you'll be able to solve the problem with very, very little issue.
1: You know, when uh, when you talk about having fights with your spouse and you never when you have an argument, you should never be like, well, you do this. And you do that, you should say something like, well, when you do this, I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it translates to all of it. You know, if you're coming at it and being like, well, you just said that and you did that, you know, all it is, is just pointing fingers. And uh, I think many of us just kind of fall into that trap because you just want to get it out. What Mm -hmm. you're saying, you know, this is, this is frustrating when you're trying to progress and you've got someone who's holding you back and you've got someone who doesn't really seem to care as much as you do or at least you perceive it that way it can build up so much anger and frustration that you're just going to be coming at it with your fists out
0: and as a raid leader if you're not addressing that issue um, you face the possibility of the rest of your team starting to resent you for it oh,
1: yeah and it's and, it's you know it's it's not a, f- a fun position to be in as a raid leader because you got to do the tough stuff
0: right you know we we've had underperformers yep and they needed to be dealt with I don't, I, don't make sense. I don't like dealt with, but, uh, you know, there's issues that need to be addressed yep. and, you know, between, you know, being, being open and with good communication, you mm-hmm. can solve just about every problem. And then Absolutely. we did. Yep.
1: So I hope that this person had the chance to talk to his GM and maybe the GM has decided for himself at this point, but communication is going to solve this problem pretty easily. And, uh, I hope the conversation goes well.
0: Right. Good luck.
1: Okay, question two. Um, this is a question that we received from one of our uh one of our listeners. Um hey guys, Gokblocked here. I know they've been waiting for me to say this name all day. <laughs> <laughs> been on this server for about seven months now, been a flag carrier for about two years. I love Prot. He's a Prot warrior, by the way. Well, my question would be your advice and comments on rated I'm sorry, random battleground flag carrying. What kind of tactic do you prefer? Oh, I used to be a tauren for five years prior, to. I think that gets me some brownie points. Yes, it not, does.
0: Not with me, sir.
1: Oh, stop being mean. <laughs> You're kindred spirits now, dude, whether you want it or not.
0: Oh, that's true, huh? Well, to answer this question, as um, we, we are definitely not experts in warrior PvP, um, we consulted uh, someone we think is an expert. One of and our guildies.
1: He is, and uh, that is Trelant, who is our our warrior tank, our main tank for our raids, and he's done quite a bit of PvP as prot. So he gave us these answers to help us uh, give you the best tactics you can, Gok. Gawk.
0: Gawk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing uh, to note, as a flag carrier... Uh, if you're trying to run it solo, it's not looking too great for you. Um, use your interrupts and stuns so that casters can't get anything cast at you, and you should be able to kill them somewhat quickly. Um, in the two minutes before the battleground starts, try to coordinate with your groups so that you are the main flag carrier and that you have been designated. Uh, you have a designated team that sticks with you. Um, at a minimum, you'll want uh, one healer, one to two DPS in your group.
1: I would say that's a you know a, a hopeful thing in a random yeah. battleground that you can play with that group, but you know it, it, it is ideal to try to have that uh, say, "Hey dudes, I can I can flag carry." So yeah, definitely.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, your route selection and speed are going to be vital for you. And how is the enemy arrayed? Are they sending the kitchen sink? Um, if if you don't think they'll see you as too early for the pickup for excuse me. It's too early in the pickup for the flag carriers we be shown on the map. Um, then you can try to run along the edges and take any kind of cover that you can, so they don't see you. Um, you will have to weigh each situation and pick your route quickly.
1: So make um, sure you have some company with you when you do this too. You know, yeah. make sure you've got some people to try and buffer.
0: Yeah. So, and also, you know, while carrying the flag as a prop warrior, you have some tricks to move across the battlefield a little bit faster. Uh, If you can get someone to stay a little bit ahead of you, you can intervene to get to them and away from the enemy. You can also use heroic leap to get further ahead, uh, and you cover a great, you know, a good deal of ground that way. Um, Also, if you're running towards an enemy, you can charge. You get a free rage, you get a one and a half second stun, and you got there faster than you would have just plain running. So if you're if you're moving up, uh, if you're moving up this fast, odds are you planned uh, you planned ahead. And
1: you just outdistance the healer that you're teamed with for the run. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And the healer is now screaming, going, ah, slow down, slow down, slow down. Yeah.
0: So, so be ready with some some cooldowns and some self-heals to stay alive um, as they try to get mounted or catch up. Uh, one thing to do is to have your healer be mounted and try to stay mounted. Uh, you're in defensive stance with some decent damage reduction and resilience. You don't need to have a heal tossed in you the second that a sliver of your health is gone. So then when you can charge, intervene, heroic leap ahead, they can catch up to you and get your health caught up. Okay. And uh, another option would be to have the healer be your intervene target that runs ahead. Uh, you'll stay in range of heals when you heroic leap further. Um, but this has the distinct downside that your healer is now your point man and likely the first person getting attacked. So unless your healer really wants a challenge, that may not be the option you want.
1: Yeah, you probably want to deal with that if only if your healer is a, a paladin who can withstand a couple of smacks. If I ran ahead of a warrior tank uh, or you know warrior flag carrier, they're going to go for me because I'm the one wearing the dress. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know if I would do that, but
0: yeah. <laughs> So so you're moving up the field, and you've used a bunch of these tricks to speed your way along, and you're still in a slugfest. Uh, This is where your defensive cooldowns from proc can really help out. Shield wall, shield block, and rage regeneration, those will all help you stay up. Um, Hit demoralizing shout to reduce the damage the enemy does. Thunderclap to slow their attacks. Intimidating shout will usually get at least a few to run away from you. Uh, Eventually, they will likely start laying roots and snares on you. You can use a PvP trinket trinket to get out of one. And then, if you have a point in Warbringer, and pretty much every warrior does, then your intervene ability will remove all movement impairing effects. Not only does that get you out of a second root snare, but you get a quick move away, uh, quick move away from them, and with any luck, closer to your base. So, I hope that can uh, clear things up for you and give you a few ideas on what to do.
1: So thank you again to Trelant um, from our guild, Reckoning, on the Warm Rest Accord server. And uh, he provided us with these these tips for prot warrior Flame carrying.
0: And if he's listening, we salute you, Professor of Tentacles.
1: <laughs> He'll call himself the Officer of Sexy, but, you know, that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I have another uh, interpersonal question here. Um, this one's really interesting. I'm going to just read Um, so it starts out saying, okay, now since I absolutely love my guildings, guildies, we went on a search to find a raid leader. And today one of my officers came to me saying that she had a friend who was a long-term raid leader, but his guild has self-destructed, not from raiding issues. She recommended talking to the guy and seeing if he thought, if I thought he would be a good raid leader for us. So he and I went on vent and we talked for about half an hour and I really liked the guy. I made him our new raid leader. We seem like we really were in sync as far as keeping raiding fun for everybody in the guild who wanted to raid. I think he'll do a good job for us. What I need to know is if there's anything I need to do for him to make his job easier, meaning should he get access to guild funds? Should he be made an officer? Though I would want to wait on doing that for a bit. Is there anything I should expect him to be doing for guildies who start raiding? I may not even raid myself as I don't really have that kind of time since I own my own business and I'm a dad with busy kids to help with stuff. That was really weird. I I guess he should be whatever I want him to be, but I really want him to take charge and do his own thing and let him, let me help him as best I can, whether I raid or not. I have told him that this is probationary for a, a few weeks and then we'll assess how things are going. I really want this to work for my guildies who raid. Um, uh, one of the things I think are, I remember reading this earlier, and there's a part in here talking about how the guild has not raid beef raided before, and now they have decided as a guild that they want to raid. So this is the, um, the GM trying to find a raid leader to help them.
0: I love this question. <laughs> I'm so glad we have it.
1: Go ahead. Um, there's
0: a couple things going on here. Um, the GM wants his guild to raid and wants him to be successful. and He doesn't know exactly what to do and how much power to give the raid leader. Well, if you want your raid to be successful, you give your raid leader as much power as he needs to do the job. Yeah. Now, you don't want him taking over your guild because it's your guild. Um, but uh, at some point, yes, I do think he should be made an officer. And yes, he should have access to guild funds. Um, he should ha- have, have access to the guild bank. So if there's loot to be put in the bank, he can help distribute it to the raiders. Yep. Um, also, guild repairs make life uh, a heck of a lot easier, especially for beginners at progression. Absolutely. Um. And you want him to take charge, so you need to to back off a little bit. Um, you know, keep an update on what's going. If you're not going to raid, I mean, you do want to keep tabs as as the guild leader, um, but you want to keep stay as hands off as you possibly can because he needs to be able to feel that it's his raid team and he can do what he needs to to make it successful. Mm-hmm. Um, as for being an officer, like I said, yes, he should be made an officer. Of course, of, before you make anybody an officer, you give them you, you test them out. You're not going to make some guy an officer off the street. Um, you make sure he's a good fit for the guild. Make sure he works for the raid team. Um, and then, yeah, make him an officer because I think – I personally feel that raiders will respect a guild a raid leader more if they do have uh, some sort of capacity to influence the GM in certain ways. I'm not saying influence to take over the guild or change the direction of things, but have an end so that it makes their lives as raiders easier, like mm-hmm. using the guild bank and stuff like that. Jules?
1: I think that you hit it right on the head. Um, I, I was kind of coming at it from the angle of, this sounds like a GM who really cares about his guildies. And uh, what I like is that he is actively trying to make them happy, even though he's not trying to to go at this for himself, saying that he's not going to probably be raiding with them. But one of the, the pitfalls that he might fall into here is by planting in a raid leader that none of the guildies know there's a scenario that needs to be built. There's trust that needs to be built with those raiders to this new leader who they don't know. Um, there's been given power and, and responsibility by the GM. And I like that. You know, it's if I were this GM, I would probably be trying to make sure that I popped into vent or mumble while their raid was going on and just make my presence known. Make it kind of like a security blanket, you know. Mm-hmm. And feel like you've been um you you've kind of passed the torch to this person who you feel comfortable leading them, but you're there in case they need you to step in and uh and be aware of the situation because that's something you know a raid team itself is kind of its own microcosm of issue <laughs>
0: yeah. and
1: and good. <laughs> but you know it's this it's a dynamic that's that can be somewhat separate to the whole guild because they carry their own interpersonal relationships and their own problems and their own triumphs and their own successes um and the if the gm is not the gm's trust yeah go ahead
0: the the gm's trust in a new raid leader um, will go a long ways into creating trust within the raid team Mm -hmm. Uh, if the raid team sees the gm as being uh, together standing side by side with the raid leader uh, that that will assuage everybody's fears of the new guy coming in and taking over.
1: Well, and think about this. This is someone who is not even a, a member of the guild itself and he's coming in and not only is he coming into their space, he's also now leading them into uncharted territory. So it's that feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know who's leading. There could be possibilities for, for a lot of drama, but you take a deft hand with a GM saying it's Okay we're all right. You're going to come with us and he's going to come with us and we're going to all be fine. And you guys are going to have fun and you won't need me after a while. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And
0: this is, again, it goes back to communication. Uh, if you're communicating and being open and honest with everybody, uh, that will help the situation. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Here, what I <laughs> yeah. wanted to say,
1: I know it's, it's tough. It's like, there's so much in this, this little post that we found that is, Detailed in there, but I, I like the fact that this this person is trying to do it right.
0: Right, and you know, I, I got it back now. Um, one thing that will help is having if the raid team does not know this guy is coming in to be their raid leader, you're going to want to have a team meeting. Yep. Um, you're going to want to set forth what the raid leader is going to expect from the team because raid leader needs to expect a certain standard from his team, mm-hmm. a certain level of commitment. Because um, if you don't have commitment, you're just a bunch of people getting together the to raid once a week. You're not a raid team.
1: Well, yeah. if you don't have commitment from the majority, the ones that, that add that kind of lackadaisical attitude, it, it, it's kind of like a cancer that can spread. You know, people are yep. like, well, I don't I want to care. Yep. And, uh, it, that's something that, you know, if you've got a team like this, that's kind of coming at it new they're all excited they're pumped they're like yeah let's go do this and but then it's that yeah let's go do this with someone that i don't know yet and yeah. it, so you want to keep their excitement going and be like yeah let's go do this and sure. then i gonna succeed because this guy rocks
0: <laughs> let's let's go do this and oh wait i have to farm fish <laughs> Oh wait! I, I have to, to cap my find valor.
1: The cauldrons.
0: Right. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into a raid team. Dirty, uh, a, a successful one.
1: Downside of raiding. <laughs>
0: <So>. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as long as everybody's communicating well, and um, and if you have the commitment to make it work, I'm sure you can make it work. Provided the new guy doesn't overstep his bounds. And there's a certain certain responsibility in his part yeah. too, not to overstep and not to um try to run the show, the guild show. You know, uh, did you know again?
1: <laughs> we're going to count the you knows in this podcast, guys. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're doing a, a running count. I don't have the number yet. I'm sure. I think your sure fit does.
1: Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, give us a break. It's our first one. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I like this. I, I like the, the fact that this person is coming at it in a positive way. I'm I'm happy with that.
0: Oh, I totally like it, that he's thinking of the guild first. Yes. You know, leadership. There's so many people in this game who take leadership to the level where they can just do what they want and mm-hmm. flaunt it around like it's like it's uh like they're the king of something. Yeah. You know, leadership is a responsibility in this game, and you owe it to the people who are committing their time to you to be a good leader and to think of your team first, mm-hmm. your team or your guild.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're at the top in the leadership position, it's in the, you know, it all falls to you to set the tone, to set the pace, um, to set the attitude. I think that, um, you know, when you have a group of guildies who are a little bit hesitant, that's when you have to be like, okay, let's go do this guys. You know, you can do this. We're going to find our way and don't worry if we screw up. We're still going to figure it out together. And, uh, because it, the positive attitude from the leader can really make a break. Um, if you don't have it, it can break you. And if you've got it, it can take you through some pretty tough scenarios to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even count how many times we've gotten discouraged from fights and there's room on vent. Come on guys. You know, you can do this. Come on, come on. We can do it. Just shake it off. Let's go.
0: <laughs> One of my jobs is to be the cheerleader.
1: You know, that's, <laughs> that's partly why we had you become our red leader is because you're probably one of the most, um, cheerleader oriented people that we have. Um, <laughs> and it's Positivity
0: good. goes a long way. It
1: does. I mean, I, I give you a lot of props, man, because there's a lot of times where I'm just like, I'm tired. I don't want to <laughs> do this tonight. And you're just like, come on, Jules, let's go. Come on. Shake it off.
0: <laughs> it's more like, get up and get out there.
1: <laughs> go heal me now.
0: So. <laughs> Jules, if you don't mind, I'd like to read the next letter. Yes, you may. Because this is our second letter we received in yes. the email. Yes. Questions at tornthinktank.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this letter was sent in by D Tank. She says, I am a druid tank, or he says, I'm not sure. Uh, I am starting to work on heroic modes, and I've heard a little extra stamina is needed for some heroic modes. At what point in time should this be done, and should they be pure stam gems or stam agility hybrids? this is another question that we went to the experts on.
1: Because mm-hmm, none of us play a druid tank.
0: <laughs> no, but you do play a druid. So what did they tell you? Jules?
1: I actually uh, got some answers from um, one of our guild members. His name is Kalandre. Um, um Also Blekel. Blekel. <laughs> I guess so. Are, Blekel. <laughs> I like Calandry, It's easier to say. Um He has played pretty much every class in the game, knows them inside and out, and he's done a druid tank for a long time. So what he did say is that this isn't really an easy question to answer because it's so situational dependent. You really have to know what your raid team composition is and what you need because – What he said is if you have weaker new healers, stacking stamina is a great way to ease the strain on them so that they don't have to feel like they're racing to catch up. It gives you a larger health pool so they have more time to get a heal off on you and bring you back to full. But if you have effective healers, then you really shouldn't be stacking stamina, even in heroics. Um, The health pools are large enough in Cataclysm that the bosses will generally not be killing you in two hits. So this is something that you have to kind of look at your raid composition and what you need. But he did say that the more avoidance you have, the more likely the healers will not need to spend the heals on you at all. Um, he did say that avoidance is really random, but in the end you can see the difference in combat logs when you're stacking avoidance like dodge and agility over a mix of stamina and avoidance. It's really important because in hard mode fights, the healers are going to need every last bit of mana to scrape by in these fights until they outgear each encounter. Um, He also said that uh, if you as the tank, if you're going into the fight, is a little under geared in the heroic modes, then yeah, you're going to want to stack that little extra stamina until you get geared. Um, If you're going in with mostly eye level 397, you shouldn't be having any problem. But if you have a few valor pieces and no set bonuses, mostly 378 gear, then this will make your healers be very upset and rage. (laughs) Um, If you're getting into heroic modes, though, I'm guessing your eye level is going to be around 397, so... Finally, Calandri also said it's really dependent on the fight itself. If there's really high amounts of magic damage, then stamina is a better safer bet than avoidance. But generally, the best way of getting stamina in this case is to swap into a stamina trinket over an avoidance or or armor trinket. Um, Bottom line, we've given you some details here, but you need to know and take a look at your raid team composition and really what you need to fill in the blanks for. So it's something that, uh, honestly, we, you know, we're, we're going to the stores here and we're getting in the information. So, um, we also get our information from, uh, elitistjerks.com is a great place to kind of talk through some of these pieces as well. Um, because, uh, it's good to get some other information, you know, I don't go for all the number crunching stuff, but.
0: <laughs> Jules, let me tell you something about avoidance. Yes, dear. Av- avoidance is wonderful. Is it? As a- as an off-tank who successfully tanked heroic Yorsage,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pause for applause. Um, <laughs> you could tell me that my avoidance was fantastic.
1: Do you think Go I ahead. look at your avoidance?
0: No, but you look at my health bars. Yeah, you never got worried, did you? Um, maybe once or twice. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the avoidance is is really noticeable once you start stacking a lot of it, uh, and it does does make your healer's job a lot easier mm-hmm. so if you're at a point where stamina isn't a problem like like what Kalandra said um the avoidance is wonderful mm-hmm.
1: well and bottom line you know talk to your healers coming from a healer uh, perspective myself talk to your healers after you've done a fight or two and you've seen if there's any issues because um and this is what our tanks do a lot of times too is i'll get a whisper from someone say jules am i really hard to heal right now Um, and I'll know if they're taking spike damage, they're taking a lot of, um, a lot of just critical, um, points where I'm scrambling to try and keep up or our other healers are trying to keep up. Then maybe there's something else that we need to do, but your healers will tell you if they're getting, if they're getting overwhelmed by the quickness of the damage that you're getting, that you're being inflicted. So that didn't make any sense. Sorry. (laughs) I think it makes some sense. (laughs)
0: On another show in the future, we will talk about the importance of trusting your healers.
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes, because they are the ones who will keep you alive. (laughs) Duh. All right. Um we're winding down here so Jules do we have any more questions?
1: Yeah we have one more and I I love this question. Me too. <laughs> so here it is just out of curiosity does a raid leader's accent or voice have a significant impact on his effectiveness in leading groups for instance would one take a raid leader that sounds like porky pig seriously It's food for thought <laughs> I love this because I have seen this happen and I swear if you've got someone, I, I, I remember back in, um, I was probably back in in still Burning Crusade. Um, towards the end of the expansion, our guild would be partnering with another guild to do 25-man pugs, basically. We would just kind of combine who we had and then pull people in. <laughs> they had a raid leader one time, and I am not kidding. He sounded like he was about eight years old. And talked so fast that people were just—it's like, come on guys, come on, come on guys, let's go, come on, shut up—and you know, and just cursing and swearing, and everyone's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but then you get a raid leader or a leader who's got an English accent or an Australian accent, and everyone goes, "I'm sorry, I totally missed what you had to say because I'm so intrigued by your voice." <laughs> Yeah. i i'm i'm goofing i am but you know i think it's Maybe not
0: it's extremely
1: true <laughs> important. it's extremely important if you sound like you are porky pig people are just going to be more concentrated on the goofiness of your voice and not what they're supposed to do
0: Yeah, if if you're an established guild with an established raid team and you're the raid leader who talks like porky pig but you've been doing it for six months um, it's not that big of an issue but if you're starting a new team or you're joining a pug or you're putting together a pug because you'd be the raid leader um Yeah, as sad as it is in today's society, that would make a big deal if you can't understand your raid leader, or it's just not making any sense, or you just want to laugh every time he talks. And I'm sorry to say it, but it would have a significant impact on his effectiveness.
1: (laughs) I agree. I couldn't agree more because all you're going to get is people missing their cues because they're whispering each other, going (laughs) 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 laughing. And, you know, and it's mean and it's stupid and it's childish, but it's true. So I, uh, I I know and and you know we've heard people who are on vent and and hearing their voices and making everyone going is that what is that <laughs> or nails on a chalkboard I I think that some I think you had that experience this weekend didn't you Oh yes nails on we, a chalkboard girl
0: We certainly did we we had uh we were pugging for um hard mode 25 lich king. And uh, we had a, a pug who um, decided she liked to talk <laughs> a lot and uh, a more than a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, it was, it, she brought in her friends and we had to wait and wait and wait for more of her friends to show up. It was, yeah. If you're joining a pug, you don't need to talk every five seconds. Can <laughs> kind of just go with the flow and just chill out and listen to the raid leader?
1: I had to laugh because I wasn't part of this raid. I wasn't feeling very well. And so I was sitting next to Kane as he was part of it. And I was in the guild. I was kind of doing my archaeology stuff. And I could hear Kane raging when he wasn't doing push to talk about this, this person. And then all of a sudden the guild channel lights up with nails on a chalkboard. I'm going to die. And <laughs> I was just... I was just, I felt so bad because I, I, I've been there and I know exactly what it's like. And you just want to like tell that person, you just want to mute them, but then it would be so rude to mute them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the lesson here is um, when joining a pug, don't be obnoxious. And when joining a pug with an annoying voice, keep your mouth shut.
1: <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that'll about do it for today's show. Yeah. Um, coming towards the end here. I had fun, Jules. How about you? I
1: had fun too. This is uh it this is a good experience to do um the first time and I'm looking forward to doing more because I want your questions, people.
0: Yes, we would like to interact with you as much as we possibly can because mm-hmm. you are what makes the show go. Yes. And without you we have no show. So we'll do this for a couple weeks and then we'll be done. And we don't <laughs> want to do that.
1: I don't want to be done
0: because we have been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now, and it's, it's kind of a dream come true to be able to actually sit down and do this. So thank you for listening. Um, Jules, yes. how can they reach us?
1: We can be reached in a couple of great ways. Um, first of all, you can reach us at questions at tornthinktank dot That's Torin think tank. If I can say that properly. <laughs> um, and we have, uh, we have that, um, email address um, available for all of that. Um, I'm really screwing this up, though, so I should try that again. <laughs> <laughs> try Let's do, it again. Let's do this <laughs> again. So you can reach us at uh, questions at torrentthinktank.com. Send us your emails, your questions about the interpersonal side of World of Warcraft. But that's what we're here for. You can also reach us on Twitter. Uh, you can reach Jules at Torn Think Tank on Twitter, and Rem at Remgar, R-E-M-G-H-A-R. We are making sure that we're checking that regularly. So please send us your information, your questions. Um, You know, be as specific as you can, because we want to know the scenario, help you give the best answer possible, um, the scenario that you have, and the more details you can give. You know, don't write us a book, but... (laughs) But give us something to work with and know exactly where you're from. Um, you know, we'd love to hear where you're from in the country as well or in the world if we get international listeners. So please tell us uh, how we can address you and where you're from so that we know where you're coming at us um, from sending us the inf- information. Good uh, Lord. Indeed. I'm really not doing well with this <laughs> You know, I would think I'm running out of gas, but that's okay. I think I got my message across.
0: You can also find us on the web at www.tornfittank.com. That's right. And I would like to thank our rogue and producer, Fit, for putting this all together for
1: us. Our legendary and Fit.
0: Our legendary Fit.
1: Yes. yes. Much thank love, you. brother.
0: And I'd also like to thank Jules' husband, Art for the wonderful sound bumpers you've heard today. Or maybe you haven't heard. But yes. I hope you have heard. <laughs>
1: We kind of threw that on him at the last minute before we we hit record tonight. And he was such a good sport. So thank you, Kane. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll do it. Thanks for listening.
0: And uh, for Jules and Fit. Slash move, everybody.
1: Think Tank is a presentation of Stormride Productions.